I am really super excited to be here today. And, uh, you know, this is this is something not entirely. This is something that he gave this opportunity to me. And I just have to run with it. So I am so excited. There's a lot of energy in this room. The very first thing that I want to share with you in this first five slide is that conscious breathing is my anchor. Now, I say this for a reason because conscious breathing is very, very important. If you want to rejuvenate your resilience, conscious breathing is important. Because when you consciously breathe and you focus on the breathing, everything else doesn't matter because you're able to breathe. Today, I'm going to talk to you about rejuvenating resilience. What does that mean? So, rejuvenating um, resilience. Let me share with you the presence and the promise. The present is that I would like for you to be present in the moment, and I would like you to participate. Because being present and participating not only makes this an enjoyable experience for you, but it makes an enjoyable experience for us. And then the promise. The promise is that I will share as much information as I can. And at the end, I have something for the life story. So let's go ahead and get started. I talk a lot about the lighthouse. I talk a lot about the lighthouse. And when we think about a lighthouse, if you look at the structure of the lighthouse, you see that the lighthouse stands tall. You see that the lighthouse is a figure that is solid. And it's there for a reason, it has a purpose. But I want you to look at the lighthouse as a person. I want you to see something different in the lighthouse because I want you to see yourself as a lighthouse. When you see yourself as a lighthouse, what gives you that character, that strength? And where is it? Can we see it in the lighthouse? Maybe. But really, where, where the core of that character and that strength and that courage and that motivation comes from? It's down here under the rocks. You can't see it. And that is what keeps you strong. That's what supports you through all of the storms of life that we all deal with. Because let me tell you, I don't even have to tell you. You've been through the storms, I've been through the storms. We've all been through the storms. It's how we come out of the storm. Now we come out. Sometimes we're more resilient. And sometimes 
it takes a little longer to become more resilient. So I want you to continue to see yourself as a lighthouse. Who here has enough resilience? No, I don't. I'm always looking, always looking to find more resilience, build more resilience, gain more resilience. I was stuck in quicksand for a long time. Because of everything that was happening to me, I was stuck in the quicksand. It kept sucking me down. And I got to the point where I need to do something different. What do I need to do? How am I going to get out of this quicksand? And you know, I've actually never really been in quicksand, but I've seen a lot about quicksand. I can only imagine what it feels like, but I don't want to be there. And I was there. I'm from Toledo, and I was working for TPS, which is Toledo Public Schools. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a bully boss, and it was very, very challenging. And therefore, I was stuck in quicksand. Well, my daughter, one Christmas, bought my husband and I a trip. We were going to go on vacation. And I said, oh, man, I really, really, really need it. So I told the boss, I said, this was a Christmas gift. We got it at Christmas. The trip was a delayed trip. We were going to March. And the boss said, no, you're not, you're not going on vacation. You can't go. And I'm stuck in a dilemma. Now, I mentioned this at at Christmas time, the boss was only interested in work, work, work. Did I mention work? That's what she was interested in. That's what she was interested in. She was just interested in work. She said, no, you can't go on vacation because so-and-so's coming into town and we've got all these activities in the best. You need to be here. I'm stuck in the dilemma because I never said no to the boss. How do you say no to a boss? I didn't know. And so I asked myself, I asked myself this question. Who am I going to say no to? Am I going to say no to the boss or am I going to say no to my 21-year-old daughter who was a hairdresser at the time and said all of her money to buy us a trip to go to Hilton Head Island for a week? And I'm not saying no to my daughter. The simple thing was to say no to the boss. Was it easy? No, it was not easy. But I did it because I'm not saying no to my daughter. And I told my boss, I finally told her no. But it wasn't with a lot of, a lot of grief came with that. I can tell you that. So we went to Hilton Head Island. And Kimmy and I, one day, we're walking. We're walking on the beach. And I'm just thinking, now I'm exhausted, completely exhausted. I'm sick. Because I'm really super stressed. And I saw this shell. And I picked it up and I looked at the exterior. 
Man, that's really rough and rugged and uh, touching it and feeling it. And, and all of a sudden, I just looked at it and I said, man, this is really rough. I feel really rough. I feel rough. So I turned it over, and as I'm turning over the sand, starts filtering out. And I'm starting to look at the edge on the inside, and all of a sudden, this stick, overwhelming stick, starts pouring out. Oh. And I'm looking at it, and I thought, it's really pretty, but it's dead. I feel dead. I feel dead on the inside. That's what I felt like. I had that visual. That visual stayed with me. And I kept thinking about it the rest of the trip. And I thought, got to do something different. On the last day of the trip, Jimmy says, Mom, there's a putt-putt across the street. Do you want to go play? I said, I wanted to say, yeah, let's go play putt-putt. That could be so much fun. We love putt-putt. You know, kidding now, I can do everything with putt-putt. But I didn't say it like that. I said, yeah, honey, let's go play putt-putt. Again, I was still exhausted. I was still, I was just drained. I'm still sick. But we didn't. So they were playing putt-putt, and they give you that little piece of paper, and they give you that pencil that's about this big to write your score on, on, the, on the paper, right? So I get up to the podium, and I start to write my score, and the pencil goes to the paper. Great. Can't believe what I've got with you, right? I move the paper over. Thank you. Give a scripture. I wrote it down. I couldn't wait to get to the next hole and the next hole and the next hole. I was so energized by that. Here I am before we went to putt putt. And I'm like, I'm trying to have fun on this vacation. I needed this vacation more than anything, but I'm just exhausted. And I read that scripture and I'm writing it. I'm writing it all down. I didn't even care about the game. We cared about the score. I'm going to write the scripture down. So we get to the last hole. We get back to the apartment or the condo or whatever it was, wherever we stayed. <laughs> I pulled out the middle drawer and I opened up the book. What are you trying to tell me? Well, here's what I didn't tell you. I was secretly praying the entire time that I was on that vacation. You gotta fix this. I can't. I mean, I need help. I need help. I'm broken. You know what he was trying to tell me? Fix this. Fix this. Now I'm on a mission because now I know what I need to fix. Do I know how to do it? No. Did it matter? No, because I knew I had guidance. I had guidance. And so I was on a mission. I wanted to get better. Here's what I discovered. I discovered that I can bounce back and I can be resilient. 
and you can too. So I also mentioned hijacking moments and I shared a little bit with some of you earlier today, hijacking moments. So a hijacking moment, you know, you're thinking what in the world is a hijacking moment? But a hijacking moment is something that goes like this. Something's happened that catches you completely off guard and it totally derails you from what you're on track to accomplish. Mm. That's a hijacking moment. Every single one of you have experienced a hijacking moment because we had a global pandemic and you were all hijacked somehow. That's a hijacking moment. They're uncertain, they're unexpected, and they're unwanted. So tell me, can you relate to any of this on the screen? Conflict, that's a hijacking moment, especially when it happens off guard. You might be walking down the hall and someone comes across and they're like, hey, and then you're like, totally come unhooked. And you're in a hijacking moment. Miscommunication, you're working on a project and you're not hearing what the person is saying because you are thinking one way and they're thinking another. And next thing you know, the outcomes, they're not on track. What happens when you don't have the right tools to succeed? Micromanaged. Yeah. I was working with a client. She came to me for help. She said, Doug, I don't know what to do. I know I'm being micromanaged and I don't like it. And I can't get anywhere. My goals aren't being met. She was a doctor. And she said, I can't even provide quality care for my patients because I'm being micromanaged by uh, you know, by the head administrator. And she said, Deb, can you help me? And I said, well, let's talk. So we had a conversation. She decided to work with me and here's what happened. She was able to overcome that hijack. She was able to overcome that because we worked on some leadership skills. We worked on some resilience skills so that she could bounce back and serve her clients the way she knew she wanted to serve them, to bring value to them. Long story short, she was able to get out of that environment because it was toxic, and she was able to get uh, uh, her own practice in a new location, and she, now she's, she's the, the head supervisor there, and her staff loves her. They just love her because everything is working out the way she wanted to work it out because she knew if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it right and I am not gonna micromanage anyone. So you're in the right spot today, you're in the right place today because we've got some things to talk about. So this is some, this is a handout and you, you should have a copy of this in front of you. So there are three steps here that are important. Well, there's four actually. Um, but as you can see, I made an error on this on the script, but it's okay. <laughs> um, all right, the number one thing is you have to give yourself permission to be yourself. Be yourself. We don't give ourselves permission to be ourselves. And that's really, really, really important. You need to be, okay, so the first step to rejuvenate resilience is to 
is to stay in control of focused breathing. Focused breathing. Remember, you saw my my affirmation. I'm all about breathing because when you breathe, it changes things. Let me take you through this real quick exercise. I want you to do this with me. So I'd like you to have you sit in your sit in your chair, feet flat on the floor. Don't cross your legs. Don't cross your arms. Put your hands flat on your lap. Close your eyes. Let me explain first. We're going to breathe in on a count of four. You're going to hold for one second. Breathe out for a count of four. When you breathe in, you are going to breathe in deeply. When you exhale, you are going to exhale and completely empty your lungs. So let's try this. Take a deep, slow breath in through your nose. One, two, three, four, hold. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Let's do it one more time. Breathe in deeply through your nose. One, two, three, four. Hold. Exhale deeply through your mouth. One, two, three, four. What did you notice? What were you thinking about? If you last? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but when we think about this exercise, and I know some of you that, that I've had conversations with know exactly what this exercise is. It helps you to calm the mental clutter in your brain. Because we can get in a traffic jam up there, I'm telling you. We can definitely get in a traffic jam because we've got so much going on. And the deep breathing is what helps to settle that down. Here's the next one. So the second step to rejuvenate your resilience is to stop comparing yourself to others. We do that all the time. Stop comparing yourself to others. You are good enough. You're good enough. Confidence increases self-control. Positive thinking. And it is also, it increases that mindset, that for learning and growing, so that we can constantly stay positive. The third step is to, uh, re to rejuvenate your resilience is a support system. We have to have a support system. We can't do this stuff on our own. I mean, we can try. I mean, you know, I mean, the, stop and think about it. I have a leak in my bathroom. I'm thinking, yeah, I can fix this by myself. So I'm in there, and I'm in this short little space, like three feet from the edge of the bathroom cabinet to the door behind me. And I'm trying to wiggle my way in there, and then I think, man, when was the last time I looked under this cabinet? There's a lot of stuff under here. I got to take it all out. So I'm taking it all out, and it's, decre it's decreasing the space where I'm working. I get it all out. I got a wrench. I can fix anything with a wrench, right? Until I crack the pipe. Mm. Now, thinking I could do it by myself, I got a worse problem. 
I got a cold coma. So not only have I wasted all that time and energy, now I've got to pay for a plumber to come out and fix it. Sometimes we can't do it on ourselves, by ourselves. We need help. We need focused help. And with that support, you're able to drive. You're able to, your inner drive, you're able to stay in the driver's seat of your resilience. That's what you want to do. You want to stay in the driver's seat of your resilience. Because let me have, let me share with you. When you're not in the driver's seat, it's your it's your child experience that's in the driver's seat. The little kid. Because when we when we don't stay in our energy, when we don't stay in that rejuvenating energy and we get stressed and we get burned out and we get mad and we're just like dealing with all this stuff and it's everyone else's problem. Oh, wait a minute. We're not ourselves. We're the kid. We want to stay in control. We want to stay in the drugs. To rejuvenate. So how many of you want to rejuvenate your, your resilience in the next 30, 60, 90 days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I'm, 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 right, I'm right there with you. So when you reju- when your uh, resilience is rejuvenated, you can you can dream of things like this. Okay, so d- dream of kickstarting your weekend by getting off work at Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. What would you do? What would you do with that time? You got that extra time, and you're just like you're totally rejuvenated. What do you do at that time? Maybe, you know, I talked to a couple of you. Maybe you uh, maybe you just want to go someplace and sing. Maybe you want to go someplace and go dancing. You know, what is that? What is that thing that you really want to do? You've got the time to do it. And don't forget, you're totally rejuvenated, right? Yeah. You feel good. You feel energized. We like being there. That's so incredibly important. It makes us have such amazing energy. But wait, you're not there yet. Because when your resilience is low, This is what you see. This is what you feel. Is there something up there on that screen that you can relate to? I can tell you, I related to a lot of it. A lot of it. So what do we do? When you rejuvenate your resilience, you stay in the driver's seat. Just talked about that. You stay in the driver's seat, driving your own unique mindset from a resilience perspective by incorporating profound acceptance. Now, this is when you're not in the driver's seat, right here. We don't want to be there. But let's talk about profound acceptance for a minute. Because profound acceptance is something that is not really talked about a lot, but here's the thing. We need it. I moved to Tulsa. I'm from Ohio. I moved to Tulsa in May of 2017. I was here 11 months. 
didn't know anyone diagnosed with cancer hijacking moment and didn't know what to do but i got through it yes it was hard but after i got past the worst part of it and you've all heard the stories i'm not going into it but when i got past the worst part of it i said okay i'm I've got to do something here. And so I decided to accept cancer. Didn't want to, but I did because it offered me opportunities. So this is the last slide here. The promise is that I would share as much information as I could. And I hope that I did. And I hope that it made an impact in your life. Remember to see yourself as a lighthouse. Remember, if you've seen a conch shell and you've seen the experience that I've seen, we can overcome. We can and stay in the driver's seat. If you'd like to know more, then uh, here's my link to book um, just to have a conversation because maybe this isn't for you. I'm not here to share with you. I'm just here to share the discovery call with you. Thank you.